Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. So just enjoy the show, you little shits. Cable Access Channel 666 is proud to present The Joy of Summoning. Well, hello there. My name is Vardanthulus the Unclean. I am an initiate of the seventh ring of untold suffering, and I'd like to share with you my love of summoning demonic hosts upon the earth to torment and vex those who would subdue us. If you're following along at home, today we'll be using ram's blood, chalk made from the ashes of a loved one, and a thrice-defiled rusty blade of Judas. There will be other materials, but there'll be time to gather them later. Now it's important to remember, as we enter our tainted domain, we must check all four cardinal directions for any residue of previous summonings or demons who feel that they could gain favor with the father of lies by tormenting you further. (laughs) Well, that ain't going to work, is it? Now, take your ram's blood and dip your thrice-defiled blade in there You're going to want just a little bit of blood right at the tip, just like that. Now start to etch your exterior border of malfeasance. That's going to provide a bulwark against any other tormented spirits moving through this plane. There we go. Just little tiny scrapes. Little tiny scrapes. The bloodline must be contiguous or a possessing entity can move through that gap and use your body as a flesh weapon against the living. If you find that the bulwark line is becoming weak, just re-dip the blade. See, there we go. I like to use a little extra ram's blood. Don't tell anybody. Now that our exterior circle is finished, take your chalk made from the ashes of a loved one and using crisp, strong lines... Mark out your pentacle. Make sure the primary tip is focused south. And from there, just draw it how you feel it. This is a time for you to be creative. I made mine a little swirly. Now that we have all the framework done, let's summon a demon. Placing the thrice-defiled blade that we used earlier across the palm of your left hand, in one brisk moment, Slice your hand open. Now, jam that piece of chalk right into the gash, which should be bleeding freely now. Now offer praise to our feculent master, 
making sure that all the blood falls in the center of the pentacle. Now, smear it around with your foot a little. Using your toe, just daub it out to the corners, just like this. I'm getting a really good coating here. Oh, that's lovely. That's really coming together. Now, using whatever material you like, now it's time to enter the sigil of the demon of your choice. I'll be using the bile of a fornicator. Don't ask me how I got it. That's Vardanthus's little secret. Now that the sigil's done, I shall place my bleeding hand upon it and draw forth from the begrimed oblivion an unholy entity to do my bidding. There he is. Why dost thou summon me, mortal? Well, hello there, demon. I name myself Vardanthus and hereby confine you to this circle of binding. Your will is now mine, and all that I say shall be as a command unto your unholy ears. And with that, everyone, the demon is now bound to my will, and shall do only that which I commanded. Isn't that right? Demon, name yourself. Oh, he likes to struggle, don't he? Demon, I command thee to name thyself or you shall feel the corrupted touch of the thrice-defiled blade. And I don't think you'd enjoy that at all, would you? Mortal, it seems thou hast me by mine infernal balls, as it were. My name is heir to... What wouldst thou have of me? Well, heir to, in the name of the Master of Shadows, I command you to pick up that palette over there and paint a beautiful mountain landscape on that canvas. The entire time, you'll tell these people exactly how you're doing it. So be it. The pact is sealed. Dost thou have any pandemonium yellow? Well, of course I do, you silly bear. <laughs> Let's leave my thrall of the dam to complete his task. And I'll see all of you next week. Well, I'll show you how to extract the bile from a fornicator, as well as how to subjugate a third-order handmaiden of Lilith. As always, in accordance with dark prophecy. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. Hail Satan! I also have a scary laugh. <laughs> My homunculus laugh. <laughs> Welcome everybody. to week two of Blurry Photo! That's the scariest sound I have. Hi, everybody. I'm David Flora. And I'm Dave Stecco. We are your infernal hosts. Yeah, we have. You have summoned us for <laughs> to do your bidding. Now try and control us, assholes. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man. Oh, uh, we can't we can't be controlled. Not even nope. with chalk made from the ashes of your dead relatives. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. Summoning chalk is hard to get a hold of. Summoning chalk. Wow. I just made that up. I, I, I like it. The real th- yeah, it sounds like a real thing, right? Sure. I'm sure it is. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is enjoying the beautiful fall weather. Yes. Hope you're uh, still strapped in for a month of uh, very fun episodes. Little little light on the uh, scientific debunkery. What? A little heavy on the crazy, creepy, spooky, yep. fun times. Yeah, dude. Blurry Photober ain't about like, teaching you shit. It's about, it's about making you shit your britches. It's about to never shit out of a shit calendar. Look a little bit. You better look out. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to sound a little drunk, but you better watch out. <laughs> but still you. cool. But still mm-hmm. cool. And this, this week, this is, oh, we've man. been talking about this for a while. And it's funny because as we record this, uh, this is just before we head off to the Milwaukee Paracon. That's right. And I feel like this episode has its roots in our last visit to the Milwaukee Paracon. We definitely put it on the on the list yeah. then, right? Because we spoke to we spoke to a woman for gosh at least an hour or so about uh, demon possession and demons in general. And when we did the possession episode, we you know obviously we looked at you know demons and just decided it was too big to help put into one episode. So this is, this is, this is fun. This is not, not quite like our, uh, uh, alien taxonomy, but, but it's right. more in that direction. Demonology sound good. Demonology. I'll tell you this. I I've saved my opinions, uh, uh, for the podcast, for the actual recording. Cause Dave and I've been uh, talking here for an hour or so already, mostly, but uh, mostly bitching about Skype. Yeah, man. But, uh, this episode defeated me. <laughs> I, I was not uh, bulletproof on this. Each episode, I, I like to go through, I like to read the research, watch videos, listen to podcasts, things like that, and try to summarize all the information as concisely as I can with, you know, I, some things will uh, inevitably leave out. Some things probably don't get their due, but we still try and include them. This one, man, this was the the cake that ate the baby. Yeah. You cuz here's the thing about it is that it you feel like that this is like okay, well, you know, you got angels, you got demons, it's pretty straightforward stuff, but it is not. No. And and so much of it is uh like gen, not not the colloquial but genuine apocrypha. Um right. and it is, you know, there's there's very few direct like informational references in the Bible, aside from identifying something as a demon. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's you, you hit a lot of road bumps that on one hand, like at least to me, I was like, Oh, well, yeah, I I guess I kind of knew that, but still is unexpected. You're like, Oh, I thought this would be a little bit more linear than it is. No. Yeah. It is. uh, No. (laughs) Yeah. Nah. It's as circular as an outer binding wall. (laughs) A bulwark against the unclean. That's right. I uh, I think of it as kind of a really crazy, uh, disgusting tree. Like you, you start going up the trunk of it, and everything's hunky dory. But then something branches off, and then something branches off from that, and you keep going, and there's just branches, branches, branches that just keep going. And it's hard to have a uh, 
linear, just a history of of demons that even makes sense and still gets enough information out for it to make sense. And we'll as we go through the research here, I you'll see the point that broke me. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I actually wrote it in, and Annie was like, "Are you okay?" Like I was sitting there yesterday. I, I had been working on it for hours and hours, and finally, I just started being like. <sighs> and like huffing and puffing and she's like what's wrong with you and i'm like it's just research i'm still in the middle east (laughs) i've been doing this for hours and i can't get out of out of mesopotamia because there's just (laughs) there's so much to it every culture has demons literally (laughs) Not, not just figuratively not stuff in their past they're trying to deal with Every culture has demons, and it was my hope to try and boil it all down to something that is very informational from start to finish. You you get a nice summary of each culture like we try to do, or at least, you know, big cultures, and I I couldn't do it. Like, you can can spend so much time on just one culture that um, I gave up at one point. So we'll see see that when we get there. Um, We're going to, in the meantime try to do the best we can and still have some fun with this because that's that's the name of the game it's it's demonology i mean come on man you can't not try and have fun with this especially when we get to uh some of the the actual demons that that have been put forth as existing (laughs) so let me get to uh let, let me do the overview and then we'll we'll keep plugging away and trying to to sink this titanic how's that sound yeah so demons are a pervasive entity in the pools of the unexplained and mythology of which we like to swim. Uh, certainly, like I said, just about every religion and culture has its own form of supernatural entities that are inherently malevolent and seek to subvert humanity. We've discussed demons in many different forms throughout our four years of exploring the unexplained. From jinn and fallen angels to shadow people and possessions, but we've never turned the spotlight directly on them. Until now. The subject of demonology, or the study and classification of demons, including their names, powers, and derivations, is a fruitful topic. Therefore, our classic caveat applies, in that we're going to give the cursoriest of glances at it, trying to give a brief but informational summarization of all things demonic with our show notes pointing you toward additional resources if you'd like to know more, Starship Trooper. (laughs) So expect us to leave your favorite demon out. Yeah. Just get that out of the way right now. This is a moratorium on emails that say, (laughs) I can't believe you didn't include Abraxas in there. I can't believe you you didn't say anything about Hindu uh, culture and demons that are prevalent. And just let us try and do the best we can. (laughs) And we, you know what? We might visit some more of this in the future. We might uh, do an extra sode about this. There's just too much not to uh, cover with this, you know? Yeah. So what we're going to do is go over what a demon is in uh, a few different cultures, their histories and mythologies until I got burned out. (laughs) We're going to spend some time with the supposed mother of demons, Lilith. She's also the mother of uh, all lady acoustic traveling concerts. Oh, yeah. 
and go through some different demons and what they hold dominion over. So grab that plus five holy amulet of protection. We might be inviting some ill fortune to this dinner of the damned. Any words before we we get going, Dave? Oh man, no. <laughs> we are like you're you you covered it. Like we're going to, we're gonna like an octopus that plays the drums. We're gonna lash out in as many directions as we can, but there will be hi hats and tom toms untouched. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a splash symbol that gets no play. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to do our best, but oh, man. I'm I'm looking up here literally. So when we record, I keep tabs up, you know, like in, I got two monitors here, and one of them makes sure that I'm actually recording. And I've got 29 tabs open God. for of just stuff here, and it's just insane. That is a, a lot, yep. even, even for us. But, yeah, I... I juggled tabs when I was going through the research and I, I tried to find, I don't know if you did this, but I, I tried to go to as many non religious uh, um, sources as I could, because I feel like there's a real agenda when you, when you find a religious source on yeah. de- demons and, and demonology, but um, it's, it's very hard to do and there's no shortage of information and videos about it which makes the research that much harder because that's just uh sifting through the the dirt to find the gold flecks at that point so let us begin with demons throughout the ages and let us start with what a demon is and the etymology and all that the term demon is derived from the greek word daimon which means a supernatural being or spirit, sometimes a minor deity, uh, and before that, to distribute. Initially, it meant a god entity that gave out destinies to people, is what I found. And, and this is another thing that there's a lot of information on it, so some of the stuff says one thing, and some of the stuff says another thing. You know what I mean? It, yep. There are a couple of different paths to take in this, but... Uh, I think the true meaning is in there somewhere. And and I'm not trying to get in touch with my southern roots when I pronounce that. It is literally a diphthong in the word daimon, not daimon. <laughs> are, are y'all saying them daimons? Y'all, y'all looking out? Y'all looking out for them? <laughs> Although I'm sure I shouldn't even attempt a Greek pronunciation of it. Why? Why even try, Dave? Though it has commonly been associated with an evil or malevolent spirit, the term originally meant a spiritual being that influenced a person's character. An Agathos daemon, for example, which is a uh, good spirit, was a benevolent entity. Socrates. Socrates. Socrates, for example, spoke of his daemon as a spirit that inspired him to seek and speak the truth. It was like a little John Leguizamo on, on, on right. his shoulder. <laughs> Move on, Rouge. Oh, yeah. Did I get too too deep on that cut, I guess? It was a deep cut, deep cut. Today, the terms eudaimonic and cacodaimonic are used for something conducive to happiness or wickedness, respectively. The term gradually was applied to the lesser spirits of the supernatural realm who exerted pressures on men to perform actions that were not conducive to their well-being. One possible explanation for the change of meaning from positive to negative is something that we have come across a number of times, the influence of Christianity. If daimon meant pagan god or some kind of 
a, a spirit that is not of the Christian faith, then it had to be given a negative meaning, uh, a synonym to devil. Now, now, demon, as it is used these days, as you already know, most certainly negative, yeah. uh, a malevolent entity. Um, and I, you, you could make the, you could argue that it's a Christian concept, at least in the Western world. Although there are, uh, you know, plenty of other examples in, in other cultures. Um, you have an angel, you have a demon, you got the good team, the bad team, you got the sharks, you got the jets. Right. And then you've got officer Crumpke just <laughs> trying to mess it all up. Gee, officer Crumpke. <laughs> uh, are we, are we just all officer Crumpkeys? Just everybody's just. <laughs> caught in the crossfire that's right uh demons are from the pits of hell agents of the devil and they delight in tormenting humans named crumpke <laughs> um in occultism a demon is a spiritual entity that can be conjured and controlled yeah that's that's the saturday morning cartoon version of it that's the yeah. as easy as a thing gets boiled down gloriously oversimplified for yeah. your benefit um, different cultures may view them as good or evil, though, depending on what those cultures value, how their belief system works out, um, which is why, you know, like, Flora, you're talking about, like, there's the the eudaimonic and cacodemonic uh-huh. difference. I think uh, some people consider that everything you could summon, were you to summon something, all demons are here to destroy you versus some people think, no, it's like a power source. You summon a demon and it's, it's what you do with that demon or, right. or what the demon wants to do. I don't know. Or they're just uh, around and, and they're minding their own business. And if you get in the way, they're assholes. And if you help them out, they're good to you. Yeah. Right. Which is which falls pretty well in line with all folklore, you know, put out some milk for the demon. Right. Uh, but, but I mean, the, the point that, that I'm making is like the, the concept of the demon itself has been around since the get. Um, as long as anyone has written anything down, someone's written down something about a demon. Yep. Uh, which I think, we're, we're, how far are we going back here, Flora? Um, I think we should go back all the way. Oh, sh! He really means it this time, folks. I can't stop him. <laughs> Flora, Flora, no. Flora, we're going to no. get in a whole Mesopotamia. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a really good one. Yeah, let's let's go back to the, let's begin at the beginning Belief in evil spirits was widespread in Mesopotamia, and it was thought that bad spirits swarmed everywhere, though they skulked around graves and ruins and remote places. They were responsible for all manner of badness, including disease, disasters, fighting, negative emotions, probably the uh, the NL wildcard race, yep. engine trouble. <laughs> the 2016, actually just the 2016 Everything that has happened in the year 2016 directly correlates. <laughs> what, a sh- what a donkey shit of a year, <laughs> isn't it? Except except for I, I moved to Iowa and you got married, so I guess you know we're, we're, we're trying to we're trying to bring up the average at the end. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's well, weights and balances, weights and balances. Yep, is that a term? Oh well, it was thought they would enter homes at night via cracks and holes in order to torture the inhabitants. I've got some uh, examples. Later, and I should point out, because I'm about to set this up, but there's a ton of stuff about Mesopotamian demons, demons that are uh, were in Sumer, uh, Babylon, Assyria, that, those, that region. And I've got a lot of uh, examples, including from our uh, friends, uh, the Zoroastrians, 
we're, we're going to uh, put those in when we start just talking about uh, the demons themselves instead of, you know, the concept and stuff which we're going over. I, but I, this is where I started to get really bogged down in the details. Moving on from Mesopotamia to Judaism, Shadim is Hebrew for demon. It's also a really, really good doo-wop song. Shadim, Shadim. Ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. Yeah. Shadim, Shadim. Yeah, so from what I read, Shadim is Hebrew for demon, uh, and this appears in Psalm and Deuteronomy. But scholars debate their significance and even their existence. Uh, and, and this is, I mean, it's hard to uh, discuss it uh, too in-depth when we have a limited amount of time to uh, summarize it, too. Uh, yeah, and that time just reading. gets shorter because I've got some really great fart jokes coming up. So, you know, oh, they're going to take a while. It's really going to yeah, take a while. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> having well, said all that. Having said all that, there could be, according to some scholars, benevolent Shadim. These were used in Kabbalistic ceremonies. And there could be malevolent ones. Think of our good buddy, the Dybbuk. Yep. The Dybbuk, like the Dybbuk box that I'm mentioning. Right. The unmentionable. Yeah. We've almost forgotten that you're not allowed to talk about it, but you are. Uh, well, I think we got past it. I think I, as, as yeah. one listener told me, I put my big boy pants on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, shamed you down, huh? So uh, this that was considered by some, probably most, uh, to be a demon, that being the Dybbuk. Now, there's a lot of demon discussion in Hebrew literature and uh, history, folklore, mysticism. And this is the point that I got burned out. <laughs> as far as you went. This is, this is what I wrote last night at like four in the morning. There's so much information that I feel like I'm doing a disservice to try and summarize it. Each instance of demons in these cultures could be an episode in itself. And, and you know, depending on how far we get towards the bottom of the barrel in a few years, maybe there will be. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good thing. If we ever want to have a guest on who maybe is a demonologist or knows, you know, more about True. this than, or we could have a demon on as a guest. We could just summon a demon. Yeah. Why? Why? Why with the why with the middleman? Uh, the reason would probably be because the system would crash and then we'd lose all. <laughs> uh, that, that's true. They are oh. not. Um, yeah, not the most friendly people in the whole wide world. I don't yeah. know what else would possibly arrive. Uh, so forgive me, but I'm, I'm going to start start skipping a lot of info just so we can get to more stuff, or we will literally be stuck in Middle Eastern mythology for multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. And this is not to say I'm I'm not fascinated by it. I love talking about all this stuff, but you'll see what the all the stuff that I did for Mesopotamian demons later. If I had done that for each culture, we'd never get through it. So let's skip ahead to demonologists throughout the ages. Yeah, that's a good idea. Who are who are the Van Helsings in this scenario? There, there are quite a few, apparently. And um, Lord knows where they got their credentials from. But <laughs> according to Michael Sellis, around uh, the, the middle of the uh, 11th century CE. Yeah. The uh, turn of the millennium. Probably. I'm not sure exactly when he wrote this, but maybe around 10, 1050, 1060. Sure. He was the author of De Apparitione Daemonum Dialogus. Uh, I would say Diagolus, but I think you might be right. I just want you to know that I would have done it wrong. It's probably Daemonum Apparitione Daemon Diagolus. 
Dialogus. Diagolus. Dinglerus. Demons are divided into six main bodies. The demons of fire, the demons of air, the demons of earth, those of the waters and rivers who cause tempests and floods, the subterranean who prepare earthquakes and excite volcanic eruptions, and the shadowy ones who are somewhat like ghosts. St. Augustine, who came before this guy in the um, late 4th, early 5th century CE, St. Augustine considered all demons under the last category, so he thought they were shadowy like ghosts. Hmm. So that was Michael Sellis. There was a Spanish Catholic bishop, Alphonse Despina, said in 1467 that there are ten species of demons. Dave, what are those? The fates, the poltergeists, the incubi slash succubi, that's one category, marching hordes, familiars, nightmares, demons formed from human semen, disguised demons, demons who assail the saintly, and demons who instigate witchcraft. I think incubi and succubi are just like genders of a demon. Right, right. Who uh, and, those, and those are the ones that stimulate lust and perversion. They feed off your fornicatory energy. Fornicatory. <laughs> <laughs> They're very fornicular. Uh, the fates alter destiny. Poltergeist cause mischief. These marching hordes, I've never heard of something like that before, who bring about war. So demons, right? demons of the marching hordes, they're the metal ones, I guess. The familiars assist witches, we've heard of that. And uh, nightmares disturb sleep through bad dreams, and we've, we've heard of that. They'd probably be like the old hag and things of that nature, maybe. Right. Then you get the old de prestigious demonum, or is it demonum? Man. I, I need to brush up on my old Latin. <laughs> yeah, I need to just brush it the first time. It's a book by demonologist Johann Weir. He's also known as Weirus. Maybe it's just Weir. Yo- Johann Weir? Yeah. Uh, first published in Basel in 1563. Weir theorized that hell was divided into kingdoms and principalities with a very hierarchical structure. According to Weir's calculations, <laughs> from what? The infernal regions contained an army of 7,405,926 devils and demons, organized into 1,111 divisions of 6,666 each. Of course. Do you, do you see what he did there? One too many, Johan. Now, we're going to come back to this a whole bunch, so let's just get this out here right now. The book, The Lesser Key of Solomon, is an anonymously written grimoire or spell book on demonology. Uh, it was compiled in the mid-17th century, mostly from older materials, and then divided into five books. The Ars Gosha, is that right? That sounds right? I, you know, I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced Gosha, Geisha, Goetia, like... I, I go with Gosha or Geisha. Yeah. I'm going to go with Gosha so that people don't think we're talking about Japanese hookers. Right. High class Japanese hookers. Oh, they're companions, dude. Sorry. Well, that's my cultural insensitivity. They're renting their own shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> they pay rent. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Ars uh, Gosha, the Ars Thurgia Gosha, the Ars Polina the Ars Almandel, and the Ars Notoria. 
The Ars uh, Go Show, which we'll talk about more, uh, includes a list of 72 demons commanded by four kings of the cardinal directions and the appropriate hours and rituals in which to conjure them. These were taken from the Pseudo-Monarchia Demonium, which appeared in the appendix to Johann Weyer's De Prestigious Demonium. Uh, Colin De- yeah, so everything is kind of based on something. This is kind of, we, we, we've talked about this before, where there's like somebody writes a thing down and then everyone refers back to that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it happened a lot with the spiritualism and stuff of the, the 19th century and, yeah. and going forward from there. Somebody, it's like, this is a work by somebody that has no no real sources for it, but it's so old, everybody just takes it as literal and real. Yep. Yeah. It's it's that thing where, oh, the old knowledge, that's what you want. Yeah. And so they, they run with it from there. So keep that in mind as we keep going through here. That's a, a big sticking point. Yep. So yeah, so now let's jump to the 19th century, specifically the year 1818, and uh, Colin de Plancy's book, The Dictionnaire Infernal, which is f***ing awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, again, includes the hierarchies of demons as well as portraits of the 72 Ars Gosha demons. Awesome. Yeah, if you're at a computer, bring them up because these things are awesome. Awesome. Uh, things that I enjoy. Andras. He's the owl man of Cornwall and he rides around on a wolf. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's just, a, just these pictures are awesome. Abraxas. Oh yeah. It's just, you know, uh, they're, they're awesome. It's really worth just a Google image search uh, because the, the artwork is, is kind of creepy, but kind of like silly too. Yeah. I don't know. You know, they put me in the mind of like um, a British fairy tale uh, children's book illustration, maybe of like uh, Alice in Wonderland or the Jabberwocky or something like that. Yes, yeah, there is that 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 like features are over accentuated, large faces and and things like that, but but still like details and yeah, yeah, that's a really good call. I agree with that. Yeah, like the classic Alice in Wonderland illustrations. Yeah. So next in the train. Uh, French author and screaming lunatic Alexis Vincent Charles Bourbiguier. Bourbiguier. Mm. Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. I've got a better name. How about the Scourge of Demons? Somehow, I doubt it. <laughs> right. <laughs> His autobiography slash demonic treatise, the three-volume encyclopedic work, Les Farfadets et tous les démons ne sont pas de l'autre monde which translates to leprechauns, or all devils are not from another world. Pretty random. Yeah. Le- leprechauns. Yeah, uh, which, I mean, that's what Google Translate says. I'm sure there's some nuance there, but, like, lesser demons or, you know. But, yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what they went by. Uh, so he, he came out with that bad boy in 1821. I, I'd like to take a moment to apologize for the fucking leaf blowers that are going on outside the window here. Oh, I can't hear those. I hope I hope you can't. Maybe I can scrub them out, but oh, now I can. It's leaf season, <laughs> uh, which brings us screaming headlong into the 20th century. Uh, the by the beginning of which demonology was quite unfashionable. Even it, even in the occult circles, it just there was demonology's out, 
and uh, seances and spirits of the departed are in. Um, you can thank a gigantic war with a huge death toll for that. <laughs> yep. But then uh, things start to come back around in the 60s and 70s. Uh, the theme of demonic possession was revived uh, in conservative Christian circles. And of course, given uh, you know all their fears made manifest uh, in things like the Exorcist by William Blatty. Yeah, uh, you know, like it was the the rise, uh, honestly, of the horror genre really helped that, which then paved the way for you know the Satanic Panic, and uh, yeah, the the battle between uh, demon possession and and Christian beliefs in America and acid rock, heavy metal. ACDC, Antichrist, Devil's Children. Kiss is <laughs> Knights in Satan's Service. If you play, if you play that record backwards, you'll you'll put your own head in a blender. It's a fact. It'll, it'll unhinge you. That's right. Power. We covered a, a lot of ground with this in our Exorcism Possession episode. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Like I said, yeah. The two, the two are definitely intertwined. How about now we talk about our good. Good buddy, um, spokesmodel for demon fornication and all around tease Lilith. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get us. Let's 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 just stop this train, and then board the bus to Lilith Town. Head down down to Lilith Town. <laughs> I love that. I know one of our our listeners has been very keen to hear us talk about Lilith. Uh, so I I hope that you're still with us and <laughs> and we can appease some of that desire now. Of special significance when talking about demons is the figure of Lilith. She first appeared in a class of wind and storm demons as Lilithu in Sumer around Mm -hmm. 4000 BCE. Many scholars place the origin of the phonetic name Lilith at somewhere around 700 BCE, a little while later. Uh, She appears as a night demon in Jewish lore and as an owl in Isaiah 3414 in the King James Version of the Bible. I know you all have got that nearby. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? In later folklore, Lilith is the name for Adam's first wife. Ho, 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 ho. Described as the beautiful maiden in Sumerian accounts, Lilithu was said to have no milk in her breasts Gross. and was unable to bear any children. It made her the perfect whore. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, yourself. She was the handmaiden of Inanna, and was a seductive prostitute sent to lead men astray. Gilgamesh was said to have driven Lilith, an Anzu bird, and a snake which fears no spell from a tree that was in a sacred grove dedicated to the goddess Ishtar. Who we've talked about before. We have talked about Ishtar in our Easter episode, and then the, you know, the epic of Gilgamesh, which, I don't know, probably most kids were... Uh, forced to read in high school humanities class or social studies I, or whatever. I never did. I never got to read that. Did you not? Well, yeah. I think we at least um, at least read excerpts from it, but you can see sort of uh, some tie-ins there with gardens and snakes and dri- getting driven out and driving out and oh well. Anyway, just saying, get that cork board ready. It might it might need some <laughs> pins. In the King James Version of the Bible, getting back to that, Isaiah 34, 14, if you're following along, says, The wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island, and the satyr shall cry to his fellow. The screech owl shall also rest there, and find for herself a place of rest. 
Now, in this passage, screech owl is incorrectly translated from the Hebrew Lilith. So, in the original text, uh, Lilith was there, and it was kind of a list of uh, bad things or things of the night or, you know, unholy stuff, uh, if I understood that correctly. But that particular passage and screech owl, uh, owl in general, uh, Lilith, I think Lamasu was another translation. It got translated like 14 different ways from Sunday because, you know, everybody's trying their hand at, yep. at sussing out what, what was actually written first. Trying to make some sense out of it. and Yeah. So anyways, going on to the alphabet of Ben Sarah, written between the 8th and 10th century CE, is considered to be the oldest form of the story of Lilith as Adam's first wife. Its real author is anonymous, but it is falsely attributed to the sage Ben Sira. Uh, I believe it was, it, some, some people have also put forward the idea that it was a satirical work as well. Hmm. Uh, the idea that Adam had a wife prior to Eve may have developed from an interpretation of the book of Genesis and its dual creation accounts. And this is, this is something you can look up, I believe. While Genesis 2.22 describes God's creation of Eve from Adam's rib, an earlier passage, 1.27, already indicates that a woman had been made. And that passage goes, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Created he them. He created heathens. Heathens. Uh, so, and and that's, you know, if if you're a scholar, biblical scholar, and you're up to debate stuff, that is fair dinkum for debate. Yeah. Because doesn't it, doesn't it sound like, well, he created man in his own, own image, male and female, he created them. And then later it says he took the rib from Adam and made it into Eve. You know, I, I can see why people would argue, well, a man and a woman was created. That's what they're saying on there. Now, the alphabet of Ben Sarah places Lilith's creation after God's words in Genesis 2.18. And that passage read as follows. After God created Adam, who was alone, he said, It is not good for man to be alone. He then created a woman for Adam from the earth, as he had created Adam himself, and called her Lilith. Adam and Lilith immediately began to fight. She said, I will not lie below. And he said, I won't lie beneath you, but only on top. You are fit only to be in the bottom position, while I am to be the superior one. Lilith responded, We are equal to each other in so much as we are both created from the earth. But they would not listen to one another. When Lilith saw this, she pronounced the ineffable name and flew away into the air. Adam stood in prayer before his creator. Sovereign of the universe, he said. The woman you gave me has run away. At once, the Holy One, blessed be he, sent these three angels, Sinoi, Sansinoi, and Simagloth, to bring her back, said the Holy One to Adam. If she agrees to come back, what is made is good. If not, she must permit one hundred of her children to die every day, because I like to give kids cancer. <laughs> the angels left God and pursued Lilith, whom they overtook in the midst of the sea and the mighty waters wherein the Egyptians were destined to drown. 
They told her God's word, but she did not wish to return. The angels said, <laughs> We shall drown you in the sea, then, smartass. <laughs> Leave me, she said. I was created only to cause sickness to infants. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> if the infant is male, I have dominion over him for eight days after his birth. And if female, for twenty days. When the angels heard Lilith's words, they insisted she go back. But she swore to them by the name of the living and eternal God. Whenever I see you or your names or your forms in an amulet, I will have no power over that infant. She also agreed to have 100 of her children die every day. Accordingly, every day 100 demons perish. And for the same reason, we write the angels' names on the amulets of young children. When Lilith sees their names, she remembers her oath and the child recovers. That's a stupid story. That's just, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, and I mean, I, just to just to be clear, in case anyone knows, this is not in the Bible. No, it's not even in the Apocrypha. Like, No, no, this, this I mean, I, I just, just to make it 100% clear that, yeah, this is like fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I... Old, 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 old fan fiction, but still fan fiction. There for a while, I thought, oh, Lilith is uh, Adam's first wife, and it was just in a book of the Bible that was left out. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I could be wrong. Please uh, uh, kindly correct me. Don't be an <laughs> asshole about uh, it. But You could be kind of an asshole. I'll enjoy it, because then I get a text from Flora. <laughs> <laughs> some dick sniffer sent me some shitty email. <laughs> No, if, if somebody does have sort, because I, in going through this, I only saw the Ben Sarah source, and I, there, there could be, there could be something out there, you know, in the, the Gnostic writings, or maybe the Dead Sea Scrolls, maybe the Essenes, but in the cursory glance that I took at it, this is, this is the main source of the story that I found. But it is inter- I do think it's interesting that they point out uh, male and female were created, and then later Eve was created. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's you're you're absolutely right. This is uh this is like fanfic. So maybe uh oh, Lilith was the name of the author, and she was a Mary Sue. She just <laughs> I, I wrote herself the, into it. Kind of considered the same thing. <laughs> now the 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 concept that Lilith was Adam's first wife only really became widely known in the 17th century. Uh, as a result of the lexicon Talmudicum uh, of Yo- of Johannes Buxtorf. <laughs> That's a great name. Johann Buxtorf. Buxtorf. Johann Buxtorf. Of the West Chesterdale Buxtorfs. <laughs> Buxtorf, get in here! <laughs> she was eventually connected to the King of Demons as Modius, creating demonic offspring and spreading chaos constantly. The myth grew to include two primary characteristics. One, Lilith as the incarnation of lust, causing men to be led astray. And two, Lilith as a child-killing witch who strangles helpless newborns, uh, though those characteristics hardly ever are present in the same story. Yeah. You, get, you, you get one of two. You get the, the seductress or the seductress. Oh, <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> <laughs> was, 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my collar. <laughs> I, I literally had to spell it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> On one hand, I'm uh, ashamed of that and think you should take it out. But the other hand, I'm really pleased that I came up with that that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think our listeners can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Pretty clever. Uh, <laughs> burned it. Burned it. Yeah, I'd like to turn the truck around at the end of this episode. Let's remember this part. <laughs> now, uh, her witch-like role adds to her connection to witchcraft and the occult. Uh, in the Zohar, the spiritual guide, which is uh, was the underpinnings of the Kabbalah, uh, when Adam recognizes his own sin, he separates from Eve and fasts for 130 years. During this time, Lilith desired his beauty and came to him against his will because he had been fasting for 130 years. Dude was cut. Yep. There was no extra fat on that guy. Look at those uh, muscles. I desire your beauty. Uh, she bore him many demons and spirits called, quote, the plagues of humankind. Uh, there's a similar uh, figure in the mythology of, of Lamia, the queen of Libya, who Zeus slept with. Hera slayed all of Lamia's children, and her grief caused her to turn into a monster who took revenge on all mothers by stealing their children and devouring them. Lamia had quite the robust sexual appetite, matched only by her cannibalistic appetite for children. Delicious. <laughs> and more children, please. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm so horny. <laughs> Gross. Um, she was notorious for be a, being a vampiric spirit and loved sucking men's blood. Oh, yeah? Oh, nice. D- double double time. Yeah, yeah. So in 1863, Dante Gabriel Rossetti painted a picture of Lilith and wrote the following sonnet. I think that I shall never see. <laughs> <laughs> a succubus as fair as thee. Of Adam's first wife, Lilith, it is told, the witch he loved before the gift of Eve, that ere the snakes her sweet tongue could deceive, and her enchanted hair was the first gold. And still she sits young while the earth is old, and, subtly of herself contemplative, draws men to watch the bright web she can weave, till heart and body and life are in its hold. The rose and poppy are her flower, for where is he not found, O Lilith, whom shed scent and soft shed kisses and soft sleep shall snare. Lo, as that youth's eyes burned at thine, so went thy spell through him, and left his straight neck bent, and round his heart one strangling golden hair. Wiccan... (laughs) (laughs) Wiccan occult and magical orders hold Lilith in high esteem as the first mother a goddess of witches, a figure to revere for her independent, strong-willed nature and equality with men. Her association with the moon, night, and sexual freedom make her a respected figure in modern occultism. She is a strong, independent woman of the 90s. Don't need a man to tell her what to do. 90s BCE. <laughs> oh! The painting is actually pretty pretty nice. Yeah, it's a yeah. lovely painting. Yeah. It's a- a cool little painting so i think they renamed it at some point but you can still find it by that dude yep so that's a, that's a little glance and and nod towards lilith for you mm-hmm. how about we uh go on to some some other route types of demons i'm guessing we can start talking about the demon hordes themselves and who controls them and how to how to get them to you 
and <laughs> <laughs> where they come from. Yeah, let's start, let's start with the Sumerians, who believed that there were three types of demons. Type one, disembodied, free-floating apparitions. These are human spirits who couldn't rest. Two, half-human, half-demon entities. These are your classic Alex Joneses. <laughs> three, <laughs> demons that were of the same nature as the gods, which, I don't know, that's like pure, pure, pure-born demons or Probably. super demons. Um, so ghosts could be considered de- de- demonic or even maybe half-breeds. Uh, some examples of Sumerian demons are the Rebisu, who were so frighteningly hideous and hairy that it was associated with nightmares. The Labatu, who the, which is the daughter of Anu, who was the king of the gods. She had the head of a lion, the teeth of an ass, teeth in her ass, and is said <laughs> to drink the <laughs> and is said to drink the blood and devour the flesh and bones of her victims. Ikimu, uh, departed spirits who wandered aimlessly over the earth, who could never find rest, but they are able to leave the underworld to torment the living if a body has not been properly buried or relatives had not made the proper offerings. There was another one named the Asag, which was a monstrous demon so hideous that his presence alone made fish boil alive in the rivers. That's pretty metal. Uh, That is. Brutal. (laughs) Uh, He was said to be accompanied into battle by an army of rock demon offspring. (laughs) Yeah! We are... The army of rock demon offspring. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, get your lighters out. And ladies, get those t-shirts up for... That went on too long and I don't give a f***. I'm glad it did. Uh, Let's see here. He had... He had an army of rock demons on account of, and politely put, born of his union with the mountains of themselves. Oh, y'all see that cave? I'm gonna need, <laughs> I'm gonna need twenty minutes. <laughs> uh, he was vanquished by the heroic Akkadian deity Neruda uh, using Sharur, the enchanted talking mace, which we have talked about. Yep, we have legendary weapons. Yeah. Um, another uh, named demon of uh, Sumerian lore was Pazazu, king of the wind demons and bearer of storms and drought, uh, bringer of famine and locusts, and part-time certified public accountant. <laughs> That's no deduction. <laughs> <laughs> we could really be saving you more here. <laughs> yeah. Have you considered a Roth IRA? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had the body of the man and the head of a lion or dog, talons of an eagle, two pairs of wings, a scorpion's tail, and his entire chest was an adding machine. <laughs> Even though he was definitely an evil spirit, he drove and frightened away other evil spirits because nothing is more terrifying than math. <laughs> uh, so he was kind of like, he, he protected humans against plagues and misfortunes because they were afraid of him. They didn't want anything to do with yeah. Wherever he was, Pazuzu, yeah. You, you've heard that from Futurama, huh? I don't remember that. It was the professor's pet gargoyle. Oh, you, really? You remember that episode where he loses him, and so they like they fly all through the galaxy, like calling out, like Pazuzu, and then they 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 fall in the um, the whirlpool of youth or whatever it is, and they all get reverted back, and it's a good episode. Sorry, mother liquor. 
just to close out the uh, Babylonian portion of our program, uh, we got a couple of, of, of demons wandering the plains. Lilu, which is a male demon, uh, one of which is said to have fathered Gilgamesh. Ever heard of him? Lilitu and Ardat Lily, who would come to men in their sleep. And I like the, I, I love the writing of this and beget children from them. They were night rapists. Yeah. And that, that Lilitu, that's, that's the, uh, where Lilith is thought to be derived from. A lot of these were to explain nocturnal emissions. Gross. Why do you have to work so hard to explain a wet dream? I don't, I don't know, man. Stupid rules. I call that a free ride, man. <laughs> the stupid rules. Yeah. So, so you see, like, and this was like just a few. Well, I mean, we named several, but it was still just a few of what was out there for uh, Sumerian demons. Babylonian demons, yeah. all kinds of just metal stuff. So let's see. I got you. I got you some Zoroastrian here. Bring it, Angra Menu, translated, I guess, as the hostile spirit. It's described as the leader of the demons, and the six arch demons are the instrument through which Angra Menu creates all the fears in the world. Those six arch demons are, respectively, Akaman of evil thought. Akimana of sensual desire. Ooh. Indar that freezes the minds of the creatures from practicing righteousness. Okay. Neon Hythea of discontent. Sarva of oppression and desire. Tarvi the destroyer. And Zari who poisons plant creation. The Devas were a class of demons in Zoroastrianism that chose to follow Angra Menu. Druge which translates as liar or deceiver, is the female incarnation of wickedness, but later the idea was pluralized and the druge became the embodiment of the evil spirit. Huh. In later Avestan texts, the term refers to a class of female demons and the name is also applied to later demons or even just wicked people. Uh, the Vindidad is an enumeration of various manifestations of evil spirits and ways to confound them. And you can find more on that in our Possession and Exorcism episode. Number 126. Yeah. I like that you had the number ready. That's that's mastery. Mastery. Mystery. So I've listed a few interesting and fun uh, demons. Uh, you, I'm, I'm, I think you've got a few up your sleeve too, don't you? I've got so many, so many f***ing <laughs> demons. That I, it, it's, it's awesome. So many, like, as a matter of fact, I'm even having a hard time, like, figuring out, like, where some of these came from. Yeah. There are a lot of good resources for demon name lists out there. Yep. And they'll tell you what everybody does and where they fit in the hierarchy, all that good stuff. We're going we're gonna to hit some of the fun ones, I think. Actually, I'm going to jump in here and start with uh, a yeah. pretty fun one that I found. This one is called Yan Gantitan. <laughs> yeah. Yan Gantitan. This is one of the lesser known demons mentioned in Colin DePlancy's Dictionnaire Infernal. DePlancy gives uh, only a brief description that Yan Gantitan is a demon from Brittany who wanders the streets of Finisterre at night holding five candles in hand, one on each of his five fingers, spinning them like a flaming wheel. Yan Gantitan is cautious not to make abrupt or sudden turns, lest he accidentally extinguish his flames. No. Sounds like a real nonce. Yeah. 
Look out. I hope that that uh, this Colin DePlancy talks exactly like John DeLancey. It's a, ho- it's a lot to hope for. <laughs> it's a lot to hope for. I hope he's, I hope he's on cue with his dictionary. How about... Uh, uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. How about Bobby Nepet? Is a boar or swine demon? Hey, I'm Bobby Nepet. How you doing? <laughs> I'm a boar or swine demon in Javanese mythology. According to local myth, the creature is believed to be the manifestation of a person that was practicing Pesagayan Bobby black magic. Pesagayan is derived from, Jap- from the Javanese word sugi, which means rich. It's a kind of magic that helps people become rich instantly, but in exchange, he or she must sacrifice something. In this case, they must sacrifice their humanity, allowing themselves to be transformed as a boar for a period of time, or in some versions that they allow themselves to be possessed by a boar demon. The human-animal transformation is similar to shape-shifting or the werewolf concept. So it's like you're a human, but you're rich, but you're a night piglet. <laughs> yep. And would you would you do it? Well, I mean, nobody needs to be a rich pig. Uh, no, no, because. Yeah, no. Well, look at Mr. Altruistic there. Yeah, I, you don't, you don't like, being rich is not so great that 50% of your time you're going to spend rooting for truffles, which you don't even need to sell because you're already rich. <laughs> you're probably right. Solved it. All right, how about the Zoovitz? This is a giant from the myths of the Shoshone Native Americans from Utah and Nevada. This tenacious giant once stole the two eggs or children from Dove. Dove managed to rescue them, but on her way back to her nest, Zoovitz stalked her. He started rapidly pursuing Dove and her children, intent on eating them all. Dove had previously asked her animal friends for help uh, and had been given some tallow meat, stomach paunch, and some feathers. Oh, paunch is so good. The birds reached a river and were trapped until Crane came and extended his leg to form a bridge. Zoovitz waded through the water and continued to chase them. The birds then flew into a maze while her friends distracted the giant to follow the wrong route. Eventually, Zoovitz found his way out and continued to chase Dove. Dove used the tallow to create a chasm, but the monster found his way around that. She used the stomach paunch, which transformed into a cliff face and when that obstacle failed, she used the feathers, which created a fog. She then encountered Badger, who had built two holes. <laughs> Dove and her children hid in one while Badger persuaded Zoovitz to enter the other. While in the hole, Badger threw hot rocks down until the hole was sealed. Dove and her children were finally safe. So Zoovitz was just a Shoshone asshole. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Sounds like they should make that into like a fun children's book. Uh, how about Yara Mayahu? Woo! Yara Mahi! Yara Yamahu! In Aboriginal cultures, the Yara Mayahu was a little red man about four feet tall uh, with, a, with a large head and mouth. He had no teeth and swallowed his food whole. The tips of the fingers and toes were shaped like the suckers of an octopus. Gross. These creatures lived at the tops of wild fig trees, and they would capture their pay- prey by dropping on unsuspecting passers-by who sought shelter in the tree. When a person camped below a fig tree, 
the Yaramayahu might jump on top of the person and drain their blood with their hands and feet. Um, Sounds like a drop bear. Yeah. The victims rarely died from the initial encounter, but because the person was left weak and in a helpless state, the Yaramayahu would return later and swallow the victim. It then drank water and took a nap. When it woke up, it would regurgitate the undigested portion of its meal, which somehow this process would leave that person alive. <laughs> so imagine it's, they'd look like uh, Will Ferrell in that woman gives birth to an adult baby sketch. No! It's hot in there. <laughs> <laughs> or like Ace Ventura. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. I thought because it ate its mouth, it's, it's a food hole, that it would just dive off the tree, mouth open, and just yeah. goom. <laughs> where, where does he put it if he's only four feet tall? He's got a magic mouth. Got a magic mouth. Just like that guy at the truck stop uh, parking lot said he did. Oh, Jesus. What'd you, did you say outside of Traverse City? <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where'd you say he was? Oklahoma. I've got one here called the Furfur, and this is coming to you from the Pseudomonarchia Demonum uh, by Jonathan Weir in 1583. And Mr. Weir is quoted. Furfur is a great earl, appearing as a heart with a fiery tail. He lieth in everything, except he be brought up within a triangle. Being bidden, he taketh angelical form. He speaketh with a hoarse voice, and willingly maketh love between man and wife. He raiseth thunders and lightnings and blasts. Where he is commanded, he answereth well. Is this this written by Gollum? (laughs) Everything has unnecessary S's. Oh, it's it's in Old English. Oh, I thought Smeagol wrote this. No, it's in Old English, so I'm pronouncing uh, uh, like a jackass. Oh, okay. Where he is commanded, he answereth well, both of secret and also divine things, and hath rule and dominion over six and twenty legions. Whoa, six and twenty. Way to That's bury that. the lead. <laughs> so, so he was. Uh, he it's it's a a deer or an elk, uh, or heart is the old term for deer with a, a tail of fire, and you can conjure him. Conjure that heart, and apparently will willingly make love between man and wife. I I don't know, but he also uh, controls thunder and lightning and the wind. And he, and he can't lie when he tells about secret things and stuff you want to know. So that's a fun one to conjure. Furfur. I love that. I've got so many names of demons. I want to hear Just, them all. I want to hear oh, them all. God. Do them all. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I did find this thing in it. I'm sure someone else will be able to come up with this. And I, I don't, I feel like this is probably made up because none of the names quite match up properly. But maybe it isn't. Maybe there's something else that I, I don't entirely know about but um right when i used to work at the auction house uh, a friend of mine and i we found this it's a list uh a list of demons and the sigils of their summoning and it's a huge huge thing like over 90 different demons and the sigils of their summoning and it's so much fun every day we would summon a demon we would write the sigil on a dry erase board there's but mono the demon of greed um, Forkas, who teaches logics in the secret of plants and gems. Forkas. Yeah. Uh, Lesafugies, 
brings riches and shortens life. And some of them are like, they just have jobs. Ufir, the physician of Hell's Electorate. He's, there's, uh, there is uh, one guy is the, uh, Marbule is the architect of Hell's Electorate. Yeah, they're just great. And one of them is um, Vabam, V-A-B-A-M, uh, who tells true of hidden treasures. Every time we couldn't find something, we would summon Vabam, and then bam, Vabam, hidden treasures. Uh, so yeah, if, uh, it's you could just if you just Google sigils, uh, demons, and the sigils of their summoning, ba boom, you'll you'll Vabam, you'll find this hidden treasure. And I, I again, I couldn't find anything that locked that really like matched up to it properly. Yeah, but I did, you know. And there's the uh, Goetic demons, of which there were seventy two, I believe. And you, those are, you can find all of those, you know, there's even, even Wikipedia has lists of demons. Um, one of them, there's a demon named Amy, which I think is hilarious. Uh, there you can find, I found Flora just for you. A couple of angel fire websites. Oh yeah. Black background, colored text. Oh no. Yep. These are like, uh, let's see here. For people who have had problems in getting a demon to appear, click on the link at the bottom of the page. I'm where 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 is it? Where is it? Uh, yeah, uh, click here. Oh, okay, hold on. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Psychic openness in sensing demons. I have received many personal emails and many posts have been made to the joy of Satan e groups <laughs> concerning the summoning of demons. Um, the the thing that I love about this is that this is the joy of Satan ministry. Uh, they really want you to, you know, summon some demons. But here's something that makes them very angry. Spirit abuse. Oh, no. Yeah. Many of the um, methods used for summoning demons by cruel or ignorant practitioners of magic are abusive to the demon. They are not comfortable. They do not take the demon's welfare into account. And this just has to stop. There's Ooh, a whole, demon. yeah, whole webpage uh, black background, red text. Uh, this, uh, let's see, it's about sp- uh, spirit abuse. Five dedicated priests of Satan performed energy work on each of demons by connecting our souls to theirs over a four-month period. The Goetic demons are not monsters, we found, but important and popular pagan gods, many of which are ancient Egyptian. Anyone who is foolish enough to call up a demon using the abusive methods taught in the popular Jewish written grimmeries, such as the Key of Solomon, will be in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, these they've got... Don't use a grimoire if you don't know how to use it, asshole. <laughs> yeah, because here's the problem. The books, uh, it says here, the book reads on and after, after repeated attempts using coercion, threats, and so forth, and this just never works out. But, and I quote, when we go to Satan with a pure heart and total honesty, we are rewarded with knowledge and spiritual wisdom that few are ever able to receive. Yeah, that's what you got to do. He's just got to just go with open hands. So, guys, here's the thing. Treat your demons nice. (laughs) Be careful. Summon gently. Take only blood and uh, leave only pentacles. I don't know. If you're cold, they're cold. Yeah. Bring them That's inside right. from eternal hellfire. And in the summer, don't leave your demon in a car, okay? If it's hot enough to fry an egg, it's hot enough to fry a demon. 
But what I what I really want to get to is that like there there aren't any really good reputable sources uh, for of, of information about summoning demons. So you know, what we could wander around, we could wonder and never know. But ultimately, the best thing to do is to ask Yahoo Answers how to summon a demon. Why didn't we do that before we even started? Exactly, exactly. So here's a, a great person asked, how do you summon a demon? I'm bored. <laughs> best answer, it is not smart to call a demon because you are bored. Demons are very dangerous and can cause physical harm. You should practice a cult. Does that mean like practices and like get better at it? <laughs> uh, you need to know what you're doing. One, draw a protective circle. Two, learn the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. Three, do not let summon entities get out of hand. You are always in control. Remember that. A couple of great links, things that you need to know. Uh, and then there's a whole big thing about black magic, white magic, gray magic. It's Gandalf has all of it covered. Oh, man. You should always do a divination with the tarot cards to determine if your outcome will be positive or not. Um, there's a lot of things. Let's see. Let's see what else we need to know. There's a lot of people who give a bunch of, uh, of advice on how to summon a demon. Then like, now I've never done this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Oh, here's a guy who's a little pissed about it. How do, how do I summon a demon? Just tell me how to, and, and not try to pers- persuade me against it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has asked this question before. <laughs> right. He's sick and tired of the bullshit. Uh, best answer, how to summon a demon. Dude, that's like asking which number do I dial to call someone. I mean, it really depends on what kind of demon you're trying to summon. This is the answer? Yeah. What, you <laughs> think you just utter a few words and all of hell's demons will come rushing to you like you're their master or something? Hell no. No pun intended. You have to be very specific about what kind of demon you want to summon. And there are so many different kinds. First, you have to know what kind of evil you want the demon for. And only then can you summon it. Are you trying to cast an evil spell or get someone into an accident or get someone to die or spread disease or get them to be a crime victim or cause horrible luck with money? This is stuff is important, you know, <laughs> dude. Also, if you summon a demon for an unimportant reason, like you just want to chill or hang out or ask some questions, you'll be the victim of that demon's wrath. So you better be sure your reason for summoning him is a damn good one. He claims 13 years of summoning, worshipping, following, working for, and interacting with various demons. <laughs> Every one of them named Jack Daniels. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to close with this swing. There are eight rules to summoning a demon. All right. Number one, do research on demons, uh, on the demon's name that you're... Okay, you never mind. I'm not going to even try to like running edit this. This is going to be read as written. Do research on demon's name. That's your that's your source of power. All caps. Never let the demon know your name. Like its name, it is your weakness. Research and practice drawing pentacles. One wrong ruin and there's 99% you are dead. Almost all demons hate humans. You ruin? also need... Yep. <laughs> One wrong ruin. I hate it when I cast the ruins and they... Oh. To say something bad. How do you know if you've ruined it? You also need to draw two pentacles, one for you and one for the demon. Number four, get some silver amulets and blades. They hate silver. It burns them in a cold way. They can't stand rosemary, garlic, holy water, and crucifixes. Hmm. 
what about what about the Jewish demons? Nope. Shut up. What about the Sumerians? Number five. <laughs> don't leave your pentacle. Don't ever move a toe out of it. Also, don't fall for any of its tricks. Number six. Learn the summonings desummonings. Always desummon when done. Always, dude. Always. Number, s- <laughs> number seven. The demon will try to find loopholes in your request or try to confuse you. Make sure your objectives are 100% crystal clear. Number eight, never insult the demon. Call them spirits. They prefer that. P-R-E-F-F-E-R. <laughs> and finally, the most important thing at the end of this, I have never summoned one, but this was in the Bartimus series books. Fantastic books about demon magic and mystery. Worth a read. Book four may be in the past, but it's still great. Read that one first. (laughs) Love that. I just did a cursory Google for Bartimus. Looks like it's a um, a Neopet. This grumpy-looking fellow can be a fierce companion if he takes a liking to you. Oh, shit. Hey, I just found something else really useful on Yahoo Answers. Said no one ever. Right. How about this? How do you summon a demon? The best answer? The most important thing you can do is forget everything you have been taught about demons from sources that are hostile to Satanism. My own experience with various demons is that they are very proud and being respectful is very important. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Recently. Let's see. How long ago was this posted? Because this is important. Eight years ago. So not very recently. Several high priests and high priestesses performed energy work with many different demons, including all of the demons of the Goetia. All 72 of the Goetic demons have been freed and many more. We found the true identities of most of these demons. Wait, this is just exactly what that other thing said. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Love it. I think I found the I think I found what he may have been talking about. There's something called the Bartimaeus sequence which is a series of children's novels of alternate history, fantasy, and magic. It was written by Jonathan Stroud, consists of a trilogy published from 2003 to 2005, and then a prequel in 2010. Uh, The eponymous character Bartimaeus is a 5,000-year-old djinn, or genie, a spirit of approximately mid-level power. It follows the career of a teenage magician, Nathaniel, and Bartimaeus, whom he has summoned and nominally controls the alternative history of the peak of London's domination as a magical oligarchy. Whoa. That sounds interesting. Yep. And factually accurate. So there you go. That, that's probably what he's talking about. If you, if you want to control a demon, consult a, uh, a series of children's novels to, uh, to tell you how to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I, listen, I don't want to surprise you, but it just goes downhill from there. One thing we didn't get to that people might be um, pooping all over there pampers is um <laughs> don't poop your pampers you little babies is talking about solomon you know solomon had a uh a, a reputation for being able to control demons and and put them in their place uh jinn come up a lot in solomon sources and literature i i don't think we've got enough time to go over that stuff in fact i mean solomon would be a figure that i would be willing to to give a a look at uh, for his own episode, I would I would say, or at least an extra episode, because uh, there's a lot of mystical stuff that that surrounds the legend of Solomon, and of course you've got you know yeah stuff that's born out of that Solomon's mines, uh, temple, and stuff like that. But um, it was said uh, Solomon had a ring 
that could control uh, demons. And I feel like iron was a big thing that demons hated. Yeah, that shows up in a lot of fantasy literature too. Yeah, iron is a is a is poisonous to them. Just a quick glance at the uh, pseudepigraphal work. The Testament of Solomon, they say that the ring that he uses to control demons, he used to control Beelzebub, or, or Beelzebul, as it's called here, and then through him, he, he then had all the demons at his bidding, and that, that's who he used to build the temple of Solomon. Oh, so, you know, they don't, they, you know, demons, they don't, they, they, once they unionized, nobody could afford them. Uh, anyways, I think, uh, I think now is when I would like to go back to the point that I made earlier. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's make a disclaimer sandwich. Um, no, it's not the disclaimer. It's the point of all these lists and these abilities and these names and what these people do. This it's, it's coming from some dude sitting in a, a, a room or a cell and, Coming up with these things off the top of his head. Yep. Top of my f***ing head, y'all. I think it's it's pretty funny. Of course, people yeah. are out there that really believe in this are like, oh, I can't believe you're, you're not taking this seriously. There's, there's, if, if you even speak a demon's name, you invite it into your house. and You son of a bitch. You, you don't want to be tampering with negative forces. And, you know, I'm like anybody. I don't want to mess with, with any negative mojo that might be out there but until that mojo provides a, a credible source for me to until point that to mojo gets rising right i'm gonna keep looking at these and and laughing at the illustrations man i don't think i would i'm in any mood to try summoning one but that's mostly because i want to keep my ram's blood handy yeah i don't want it that Who stuff's t- expensive you think that's expensive try to get fornicators bile i can't wait to be shown hell <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wait till next week but it's like you were saying you couldn't even find the source of that uh that poster of the the 90 some odd demons and what they right do. you know and it's just as i mean it's just as likely that's from a role-playing game or the, the fucking fan fiction or god knows i don't know yeah probably 4chan probably 4chan <laughs> yeah who knows where this stuff comes from after it's had a chance to get out in the world and take flight, you know? Yeah. Because, like you said, it just builds on, on itself and, and refers back to a source that has no credible source of its own and, and just keeps going. I I didn't even... Th- there are tons of demonologists and works about demons and demonology that uh, are out there in history, and there's just n- not enough time to satisfy a woman. <laughs> so not gonna go any more time cop than that on it yeah that's just all there is that's what that's what you get but i i find it uh, a fascinating subject in the mythological terms yeah i agree and, and cultures and it, it's it's hard because like i said you really get bogged down i really wanted to take a look into some eastern cultures japan china uh down into india to see because they have you know different views uh, African cultures have have a lot different views of what demons are, and right. you know, in some cultures, let's say a, a Greek centaur, half man, half horse, that would be considered a demon to some cultures. I true story. I knew a girl who was uh, fairly religious, still is, who claimed to be possessed by a demon because she spent a weekend and then took Monday off to stay home and masturbate. Oh my. Just just a weekend masturbating marathon and, and claimed demon possession at the end of it. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> the demon so, of satisfaction. <laughs> that's right. I've <laughs> I got a demon in me. I'll be. You find me at the Golden Corral. <laughs> Same demon. <laughs> yep. I think this episode turned out better than I thought it would. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought this was going to be a winner, and I feel like it was a winner. Was a winner. Was, was, a, was a winner. Was a winner. Was winner. And it's just, you know, it opens up doors uh, to come back to it in the future. Yep. But that'll do it, I think, for us, uh, for her demonology in a yeah, yeah. blood-soaked, surrounded by a circle of protection, infernal hellfire, sigils all over it, nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woof. You know, the only thing uh, that you'll probably end up summoning, no matter how hard you try, and don't get me wrong, completely evil. You know what, Flora? You You can't say the name out loud because you won't be able to control it. (laughs) Right. Actually, that's that's the opposite. If you know the name, you can control it. That's right. If you you say it out loud, you invite it into your home. Mr. One Method, you hold that chip. Just don't let him know your name. A huge Uh, gaping hole in the sky opens up. Exactly. A a swarming vortex of black and and blood pours forth. You go first. Okay. Uh, Are you aware of the the ancient grimmery that uh, not only taught you the dates in which it was on, but how to summon any characters of a late 90s? Young adult sitcom? No. What is yeah. it? The Ars Moesha. Are you not familiar with the show Moesha? No. Man, uh, it was on UPN. Yeah. I, de- I never got UPN until I moved to Chicago. Oh, well, too bad. You missed it. <laughs> <laughs> and you missed that pun. You go. <laughs> no, I. It's a good pun. There are, there, there are plenty of people out there that that will get it. Yeah. So it's going to be my new thing when I don't get something. I'm just going to be like, I didn't get UPN. Yeah, I don't I don't like UPN. What's that great joke in the South Park movie? You ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? I don't listen to funk. <laughs> uh, all right. I've got a creature that is associated with the night. It seems very seductive. Whoa, I'm interested. Yep, and it and it looks like Mothman. Oh, geez. Although it it probably turns out to not be anything at all. What do you mean? It's the Sand Hilleth Crane. Oh, nice. That is a good one. That's a good one. I've got a a demon that uh, Johann Weir described. Okay. That would um, it took the form of uh, a deer. And would run through the forest, and it had a, a a flaming tail, but it was clumsy. It fell over a lot. Seemed lost all the time. Was just kind of an idiot. It okay. was called the was called the fur derp. <laughs> fur derp. <laughs> I thought it was it was going to be the the children's demonic toy that was shaped like a deer and had a flaming tail. The fur furby. <laughs> that would be really good. That's better than mine. You win. Uh, no, that, that was, was it. You did it. Oh. No. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't my real one, though. 
I've got I got one more here. Uh, this you you I think you'd get behind this one. This was a good old Sumerian workout dance fad. Sweet. Oh that yeah, yeah. Stirred up a lot of wind and frightened all the fat off your body. Uh huh. It was Pazuzumba. <laughs> oh, my aunt loves it. <laughs> she's been she's been. I saw a woman. True story. That was like loitering at a like a, a Target or something. She was like on her way to or from, but she had like nothing but Zumba branded gear on. Oh wow. Zumba pants, Zumba shirt, Zumba sweatband. She was Zumba'd out <laughs> to the limits of Zumbadom. Maximum Zumba. Zumba overload. Yeah. Zumbastic. Zumba Zumbastic. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's time now to open up the floodgates of hell. Yes. Let pour forth the horde. The horde, the marching horde <laughs> of Lucifer. Starting off with the leprechaun. leprechaun. He says, "Hot today, guys." Of course he does. Of course he does. I'm a Boise listener, and it oh. sounds like you may have chapped some asses out here with your dismissive attitude yeah, toward our Flora. lovely town. Yeah, Flora. Yeah, David Flora. All right, all right. I'm your friend, Boise. My secret hope I'm is that there are more of us here than anybody realizes, and we can create a groundswell movement to bring you guys out. I, for one, would toss down a couple of nickels to catch a show. Thanks oh, sweet. for all the great work. Hashtag make Boise happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Leprechaun. Yeah, thanks, Leprechaun. <laughs> I think we can hashtag probably make that uh, uh, yeah. happen for not, real. Hashtag not impossible. Hashtag more than 10 cents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag 10 cent tickets, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Leprechaun. Got one here from Anna. She writes, I'm still listening to the Mengele episode, and I want to thank you a million times for acknowledging the Roma and clarifying the word gypsy, which I absolutely still slip in you sometimes. Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it means a lot to us. I've read or heard too many things about that asshole Mengele without ever having us being mentioned at all. I already loved you guys, but this touched me a lot. Well, thank you, Anna. Yeah, uh, thank and, you. And I, I pre-apologize and will re-apologize every time I make that mistake. Thanks, Anna. Uh, we've heard from Antonio in response to how people get what they buy on the dark web. We, I, I put that forward. I was like, do they just get it UPS or what, what happens? And he says most of it is digital, you know, like card numbers and the kitty porn and all that bullshit. And the hard goods like credit card skimmers and uh, card makers and the cards themselves, even the holograms can be legally bought. The items themselves aren't illegal. It's just how you use them, he points out. I guess there are underworld versions of FedEx uh, import-export companies that'll accept deliveries for the truly paranoid. Guns aren't bought on the dark web. If there's an arms deal, all the dark web is a digital equivalent to a coffee shop where two guys who already know one another get together to hash out final details. He says hitmen... Hitmen aren't a thing. Even in the mafia, there's just a guy who you give $500, a picture and pistol to, and for that day, he's a hitman. The next day, he collects debts. The day after, he's at church with the wife and kids. 
Uh, prostitution is done much easier than dealing with the dark web. And then he says, check out uh, Backpage.com or Craigslist to notice how many massages are being offered. Yeah, you know, that makes good sense that there's, you don't have to create this gigantic wonderland of sin that people invent for the purposes of movies or TV, but because at the end of the day, people got shit to do and, and a lot of crime, even what we would consider sensational crime is kind of mundane when it comes down to the, the, the brass tacks of it. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for the insights, uh, Antonio. Yeah, thank you. I will not ask you how you know all that. <laughs> Wait. I think exceptionally uh, uncommon sense is what I think. Maybe maybe he's a cop. Are you a narc? Because you have to tell us if you are. You have to tell us. You have to tell us. Who else we got, Dave? We got a great email here from Colin. Uh, met you last year at the Mensa Halloween event. Uh, yeah, we did that. Was That was on Halloween last year, right? That, that was, yeah. And I remember meeting yeah. you, Colin. Yeah, I do too. You and your dad. Uh, you- made, the, made the drive out. Uh, I don't know if you remember me. Yes, we do. But I was very impressed with you guys when I got home. I immediately listened to the podcast, and I loved it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. I have since listened to nearly all of your episodes, and, and, and the most important thing when people say that is that you know how far behind we are in emails. So, <laughs> so I'm glad we're getting to it. <laughs> um, also offers just a ton of his help because he is – Colin is super into paranormal stuff and is very active, uh, far more than I am. So high five to you, Colin. You're right. killing it. You are in the game. And you're in it early. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, thank you so much, Colin. Appreciate it. Appreciate all yeah. the uh, offering for the, for the help and stuff. So yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, Dave, this one is a bit, <laughs> a bit topical with that uh, first email. This one actually comes to us from wandering gypsy Uh oh it says uh just finished listening to the dark web episode great job as usual unfortunately had personal experience in the darkest of dark webs and i'm sorry to hear that wandering gypsy that's got to be a a tough thing to go through but she says thanks uh for talking about this it's often ignored when talking about child abuse and Flora, I don't think your rant was a case of protesting too much i think it was a normal reaction to knowing that many people enjoy and pay to see children tortured. Yes, good. <laughs> because that right. is pretty disgusting. Anyway, you guys you guys and the lovely ladies of Candy Chat never failed to cheer me up when I'm down. And then she gives us a show suggestion. And may all stained humans be forever jack slapped, wandering gypsy. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. Thank you for uh <laughs> for sharing that. I got one here from Baz. Baz writes, Hi fellas. What's up, Baz? Uh, I remember you asking what the Cockney rhyming slang for boobies was on an episode. Do you remember what episode that was? All of them. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. It's three penny bits. Oh, uh, yeah. Tits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pronounced frupney or just frupneys. Wow. <laughs> As in, show us your frupneys, darling. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best phrase I'll hear all day. (laughs) (laughs) Hope hope this was some help. Yes, Baz. Yes, it was. Show us your fruit knees, darling. (laughs) Give us a look at them fruit knees in, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Gross. Um, Thanks, thanks, Baz. Baz. One more from me coming to us from MK Mediocre. Whoa. In the Dark Web episode, you went on a tangent about what you would do if you traveled back in time to the 90s. I have an answer to that, or at least I know what. Uh, dream mk would do 
couple months ago, I dreamed that I traveled to 1997 with the knowledge that I'd come back to 2016 at some point. I called as many government agencies to warn about 9-11 as I could, sought out early Deadpool comics to take home, nice, and tried to steal teenage me's dog. When I woke up, <laughs> I composed a speech to give to my teenage self, but 1997 MK was as clueless, vain, and stubborn as most 16-year-olds, and I doubt she would have listened. I tried writing some uh, puns slash mundane superpowers for the Dark Web episode, but I don't think I'm drunk enough. I, Try harder! <laughs> drink harder! I only came up with a couple of names. Uh, Clear Deb, who turns invisible, but only when posing for official identif- identification photos. And Dark Zeb, who can shut down any online discussion through the use of mansplaining, Hitler comparisons, and word salad posts. <laughs> I like I'd that. say I'd go Stupid see a live Zeb. show in Boise, but I don't want to. Oh, <laughs> this is not my words. It's MK's words. The battle has been joined. <laughs> thank you, MK Mediocre. Yes, thank you. All right, finishing up. I got one from St. Foo. I'm already in your corner. <laughs> uh, just finished listening to the Mengele episode. Uh, Joseph Mengele did actually grow a bushy mustache to change his appearance while in South America. Apparently, the stress from worrying about being abducted by the Israelis caused him to develop a nervous habit of sucking on the hairs of the mustache that overhung his upper lip which inevitably resulted in him being treated for a hairball. Ugh. It isn't anything like justice, but it is a little comforting to think that a vein control freak like Mengele being subjected to a hairball extraction. I thought the whole time that was a setup for a pun, and then it wasn't. <laughs> it's, it's truth. <laughs> wow. Wow. Gross. Mustache hairball. <laughs> it sounds like the name of an improv team. It is. <laughs> it is now. Ah, oh, Thanks, St. Thank Foo. St. Foo, and thanks to everyone for writing in and uh, we are, you know, slogging through. Well, we get to your stuff, and we, as I said, read every single one of them, even yep. if we, we haven't gotten to it or don't get to it on air. We appreciate everything uh, that, that you send to us. We also appreciate five-star reviews on iTunes. That's what we appreciate we, the most. Yep. Also, well, I, I would actually probably say we appreciate Patreon the most. If I had, if, if there's a hierarchy, the king of demons is Patreon. Oh. At the left hand, the donate button. At the right hand, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. And beneath that, a horde of social media sites teeming with likes and stars. That's right. (laughs) The Earl of iTunes controlling 26 legions. Yeah, draw draw forth, not a pentacle, but a credit card. And summon forth a Patreon subscription. That's the, the sigil of, of our summoning is a credit card. Number. That's right. Uh, Dave and I are working on getting the Paracon together for this week. Again, we're going to the Milwaukee Paracon this weekend, October 15th and 16th. We've got a vendor yep. table set up on the floor there. Um, oh, and, and guys, like, like it's the same way the space program just rains down uh, technology and products on the working man. This Paracon is raining down merch upon us all. Yep. We have so many great things to shortly announce. Oh, man. Uh, oh. I, I mean, uh, uh, actually, I think we are going to well more than double the amount of things on offer. Yeah, inventory is probably going to triple. Yeah, lots of stuff. Lots of really cool stuff. Um, we, we found some smarter ways to do things so that we can be a little more nimble and have more options for you guys. Yep. So man, it's going to work out. 
It's really going to work, work out, out for you, dear listener. Yes. So yeah, if, if you're going to that, uh, let us know. Hit us up when when you're there. Uh, it's going to be a busy day for us. Two busy two days. Um, we're probably going to have. I, I I think we've got Dark Mark Soloff roped in to to help us with this one. Yep. And um, it's going to be a ton of fun. I hope I hope to see you guys there. If you're in the area, please make it out there. I would. Uh, there's nothing that makes me uh, happier or, or is more fun than meeting. That's you guys, right. So. Yeah, we'll we'll take pictures and sell you merch or whatever whatever you want to do. Not yeah. whatever you want to do. I mean, I just got married, but like uh, whatever whatever you want to do. I already said it, haven't I? Even if you even if you want to just do it to floor. <laughs> you want to do you want to throw a dart at him? Do it. Yep. Do you want to draw a, sh- a sharpie picture on his forehead? That's that's fine. Whatever you want to do, it's fine. Flora will be getting a tattoo live. Okay. All right, all right. I've, I've got to say something, or he's going to keep going. <laughs> Follow us at blurry underscore uh, photos on Twitter. Get in, get in troll yes. fights with us on there. Yes. Um. Don't don't do that. That's that's just lame. I like rolling around yeah. in the mud. Help us uh, roll on through the fourteenth Hildo on Facebook. Uh, you know, speaking of iTunes, we're almost up to four Hildos on that for for reviews, yes. which is amazing. We will. We will. We will cross that uh, that mark uh, the, shortly. The point that I was going to make about uh, the Paracon, Dave and I are preparing for that, so we are we're going to be getting the extra sods out. I'm guessing probably next week. We're going to try and, and yep. slam those together for you. Um, so don't fret if you're a patron and and you're you're needing your extra sod. We're uh, just working on it, making sure that all the I's are dotted and the lowercase J's as well. And we're going to get that out. We've we've got a date for the live stream for those of you who are live streaming with us. And um, we'll send out all the rewards as soon as we can. And in the meantime, Candy Chat just released a new episode, so check that out. Uh, Rumor Flies just released their season finale, which we were guests on. Had a great time. Man, that was a blast. I do not... Uh, I do not envy the amount of editing they had to do. We recorded for like three or four hours because we just had so much fun talking oh, yeah. with them. Yeah, that that was it's it's about Alex Jones and Doctor Oz, so you can imagine how that goes. Uh, as always, thank you to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative for their wonderful support of us. And check out another teammate, I guess I don't a podmate of the Cooperative. How about the One Shot Podcast? Yeah, it's an actual play podcast that records improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds playing RPGs, and every month brings a new game and cast of characters and a self-contained adventure. So check them out. Thank you to Cards Against Humanity. Thanks to Claire for all her hard work. Yeah, we don't ever give like Claire direct high fives, but she's hustling for all these podcasts. Right. So way to go, Claire. Way to go, Claire. Check out uh, audibletrial.com/blurryphotos. Uh, Dave, I'm I'm up for a new book. And I think we've mentioned this. I think I'm going to get, what is it, Spook by Mary Roach? Yeah. Her books are yeah, great. I think I'm going to try that, see how it see how it goes. Yeah, you'll dig it. And that's, I believe, all the business that we have at hand Yahoo. for this uh, infernal episode of Blurry Photober. Oh, I fucking love that. <laughs> I have been David Furfurlora. Oh, nice. And I have been Dave the Thrust Stained Blade Stecco. When it looks a little uh, a fallen angel wing black into this, uh, this mountain right here. Really just gives a, a really shadowy look to it. Just delightful. And I think if we blend it, 
the very, very tip of the dagger that you're using. And you can really pick out the highlights here with a little of the rendered fat of sinners. You'd make just the, the nicest, happy little boy. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.